Hello, hi everybody. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. And it's uh, another week of football in general. Trevor, what is going on, man? How are you? Oh, doing very well. Um, lots, to, lots to get into this week. A little bit of drama with uh, Richard Sherman to start us out. Oh, did you say drama with Richard Sherman? That I don't think those two words ever, ever gone in, in the same sentence. Right. What what a surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and and not to say it's like we're not, we're not. I mean, we're not talking about like this is. I mean, this is a pretty serious offense here. You know. Um. So for for those of you who uh, use us as a, uh, well, just a way of uh, hearing the, the the scuttlebutt and everything else around the NFL, free agent cornerback Richard Sherman. Uh, formerly with the San Francisco 49ers, um, was well, arrested earlier this week in a, what appeared to be a, a drunken fit. Um, he t- tried to break down his, I think, fiance or in-laws, wife's yeah, do- in-laws. in-laws doors. Okay. Yeah. And and if any of you have seen the video, um, which, I mean, it's up to you whether you want to watch it, um, he threw himself uh, several times into the door and was screaming at his his. Uh, father-in-law to come outside and where you at and all this stuff and boy just a really bad look for any for uh richard sherman to be honest with you it's just a yeah it's unfortunate really what, what did you think of the incident really um you know i i heard about it uh, a lot before i had a chance to really go online and check it out and uh it just kind of gets worse um you know i i had heard he'd been arrested for trying to break in uh then it turns out that he was belligerently you know drunk and uh, also, I guess he threatened to kill himself before he was arrested. Uh, so he just uh, just a complete uh, <clears throat> mental breakdown happening. So, you know, uh, pretty tragic stuff for him right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and it's a guy who, by all accounts, um, I think most of us thought he was sound body and mind. You right. know, I mean, considering right. he's played at pro football and, you know, the NFL for the last... 10, 11 years, however long it's been. I mean, um, went to Stanford, uh, seemed like a really smart guy, uh, you know, was outspoken many times and even shut up by the New England, New England Patriots in 2015. Uh, you know, they won the, the Super Bowl and, and they threw the ball when they should have ran it. Um, right. But anyway, you know, that's another podcast for another day. So, um, you know, I, I just, I feel for the guy. I mean, anytime you see this, you never, you never like to see, yeah, any player in the NFL, any anybody in general, get in trouble, and especially with him, there's probably some substance abuse issues going on, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's sad, you know, it's very sad. So, and um, you know, I, I I from what I understand, the uh, you know his wife's family is is uh, taking it all in stride. They, there's no uh, no bad blood or anything, but he's still facing, I think, five misdemeanor charges from the uh, from the police involved. Um, so it's, uh, not, a, a small situation for what, as you say, is a free agent. Um, so this could, uh, this could definitely factor into him landing on a team, uh, anytime soon. Right. And, um, and the door that he tried to break down is a free agent and, uh, had <laughs> some really good defense in the video. I'm just, I'm just joking, yeah. but, but you, um, you see you what know, I for, mean though, uh, yes, uh, you know, yeah. his value right now to a team right. on defense it, is that he could really help bring along your young, uh, defensive backfield talent. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, going to be an asset in that regard, but if he's, you know, if he's not solid, 
then he may not be worth the money to keep him in in your in your roster. So this uh, definitely is a red flag for some teams that might be interested or might have been interested. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's easy to say at this point. I don't think he's going to be playing another game in the NFL. <laughs> so yeah, we, um, we never you know because it's the NFL, and that's why our listeners tune in. Am I right? <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> uh, to hear the unpredictable uh, observations in the NFL and our our uh, reflections on it as such. <laughs> so that's that's why we're here. <laughs> we're not getting paid, but that's why we're here. So um, you know, we could be uh, wink. You know, in case anyone out there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll list the address of my house at the bottom of the, the podcast page. But regardless, um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it, it's sad. I'm sure he's he's extremely remorseful of his actions, and I can only hope that he'll just conduct himself better in the future. Um, but you know, it, it, maybe he needs to, this is a wake up call for him to get help, and the family can support him, and he can go to therapy or um, attend some sort of substance abuse, you know, classes or what have you. It's just like I said, it's just unfortunate for a guy. I don't think anybody um thought this would ever happen to you know it, it is so. it's surprising you know i i said we had some richard sherman drama that isn't surprising um right it's it's the nature of of this most recent drama that that is very uh uh out of character for him yeah yeah totally so um out if you're listening out there richard you know we're we're, we're praying for you we're giving you um, good vibes and thoughts and whatnot and hope you um figure this out you know so uh, moving on, um, and you know, got to bear with us, folks. Uh, listen, like we're we're, you know, we're in the doldrums of uh, the NFL uh, between the NFL training camp <laughs> and having any <laughs> legitimate news to really really talk about here. So we're we're scratching, we're, we're really scratching. Uh, I, you know, my my fingernails are bloody. They're they're at this point just to the nub, to the bone. So, um, so let me ask you, Trevor, what did you think of Adam Schefter's comments on ninety-seven the the fanatic in regards to Philadelphia being able to trade for Deshaun Watson. I, I think it's pretty interesting because uh, yeah. we we haven't had that speculation uh, yet. It, we're always talking about could he end up, uh, you know, on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers in Denver. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, I think uh, I, I I don't think that the the Eagles are are much better, if at all, better than than the Broncos uh, when it comes to the roster beyond the quarterback. But they certainly play in a much easier to dominate division. Um, you don't have the Chargers and the Chiefs to uh, to play twice a year. Um, so Deshaun Watson on on the Eagles. Um, that would be a really, really interesting development heading into the 2021 season. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of a, a sad situation for uh, Jalen Hurts if he got traded to <laughs> Houston. Nobody wants yeah. to be traded to Houston right now, not to play quarterback. So, no. Um, the, but uh, uh, it's perf- interesting. Mm-hmm. The proverbial quarterback black hole. Right. Is, uh, the Houston Texans. And they they said the Hurricanes were worse there. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, man, I'm, we're not going to be doing this podcast too much longer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, working on the stand-up game, guys. Uh, how's it going? Uh, yeah, tough crowd. <laughs> tough crowd. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, tough crowd here. You know, no grab ass. Well, um, you know, and, and, and so the quote from Adam Schefter was, the Eagles are more equipped to make a run at Deshaun Watson than any other team out there. And if you put Deshaun Watson on the Philadelphia Eagles, they become a Super Bowl contender 
right away. How in the hell are they even that close to being a Super Bowl contender is my question. So, that, you know? I mean, the, with that statement, there are things I absolutely agree with. Uh, we'll start with, uh, you know, what, you know, them being the best position to trade for Deshaun Watson. They've got more to trade than the Broncos do when it comes quarterback for quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of being an automatic Super Bowl contender, I think that's a big reach. Um, like I said, that, that division is, uh, in my opinion, for the taking. Uh, I think teams like Dallas and, and Washington football team uh, could make a step up. Uh, we could see them become better than they've been, but until it happens, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when it happens. But, uh, you know, so Deshaun Watson being an eagle, I think they automatically are, uh, you know, reasonably bound for the playoffs but uh a super bowl contender i don't think so yeah yeah it's like what's the correct statement in this in in <laughs> in this uh quote here well they're called the philadelphia eagles <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah. uh you know i and listen uh, you know philadelphia has a lot of first round picks um they acquired some through trades over the last couple of years and Honestly, like they probably have a lot of ammo to get them, and sure, they'd be in a great position to pick them up. Um, granted, the twenty-two civil suits are dropped, um, right? Right, and you, you know, it's like even then. I mean, I'm trying to picture what a Philadelphia Eagles roster would look like. I mean, like you know, to be honest with you, they're probably if I had to put them in any sort of power ranking, which eventually we'll probably do here on football in general, we'll talk about the uh, you know one through thirty-two sort of power rankings in the NFL right before the season starts. You know, just a little foreshadowing. I, I mean, what are where are they? Like top, uh, <laughs> bottom twenty, right? Bottom ten, right? You know? So I, it does. This doesn't. You know, I, I mean, it could be Schefter just going on there and stoking some egos of the Philadelphia radio hosts. You know, um, I don't know. It's it seems like kind of where there's smoke is there fire. I'm not sure. You know, so hard to say. Although, let me ask you this. So if there was a let's say a, a hypothetical trade scenario, and we're in the trade, you know what do you call that? The little the thing you got on ESPN, uh, you know you can put in the players and whatnot. The little trade thing, you know the trade generator uh, machine. Yeah, yeah, trade generator. There we go. Right, that's, that's such a hard word to remember. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and uh, we're talking Deshaun Watson straight up to Philly. I mean, what? How many first round picks is Deshaun Watson worth? In oh. addition to Jalen Hurts. Ooh, uh, you know, that's tough, and it it really does uh, hang on on uh, him being able to clear up his off the field issues. So let's just say, dream scenario for Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and all this, uh, all these allegations go away, uh, complete vindication for him, and it's no longer a concern. Then I want to say he's uh, easily at two first round picks with. Jalen Hurts, um, and, and if, I mean, depending on what uh, what else is out there for offers and how much faith Philadelphia has in their roster right now, um, he might, you might, they might have to pile some more on top of that. But it, it's hard to imagine three first round picks. That's just that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm trying to picture like, okay, would Philly be closer to the Super Bowl considering they're in the NFC. Like, 
you know, what <laughs> are they better than like a team like San Francisco with Deshaun Watson, considering they're going to be depleting some of their roster or potential to be depleting that part of their roster? Exactly. But the, the draft picks are they better? To, are they better than like Seattle? Are they better than Tampa Bay? <laughs> right, right. Are they better but, than Green Bay? Are they better than Minnesota? Like, so you know, so the yeah. The only reason the only reason it makes sense for these teams that are going after Deshaun Watson is the, the belief in Deshaun Watson that if you right. have Deshaun Watson, all of a sudden, you know, you're the Seattle Seahawks with your Russell Wilson, and you just got to find a way to make the rest of it work, and you've got a special right. player back there. That's gonna rise. Did you rise say to the special, occasion. special, special okay, player, and he's just, he's gonna he's gonna rise to the occasion. He's gonna pull games out in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I, I I don't have the stats in front of me, but he was something like the fourth best quarterback in the league last year and missed the playoffs. Didn't even come close to making the playoffs. So you you know the the mindset out there is that if you put him on a, a good team, you mm. could have a great team. Right, All right. Like, are you one quarterback away from making making the playoffs or Super Bowl? Like, is, if that's true, then go out and get him. Right, because he's going to be there for like fifteen years. Exactly. You know? That's so. the other part of it. Is he's still young <laughs> yeah. enough? He's mm-hmm. young enough, and Houston squandered him so much so early on that uh, you know the, you know teams are thinking, oh, we get this guy, and we're going to be in the playoffs almost every year you know, in the hunt for a Super Bowl almost every year, as long as we make all the right moves around him. Right. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, and this is all hypothetical, of course, but, you know, this is the doldrums of the NFL offseason. So I don't know what you want from us. I mean, literally, literally we're, we're trying, folks, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what you get, okay? Um, now, going from, from a superstar to a super scrub – uh, Cassius Marsh and everybody out there just said who? Okay, I'm done <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, hold on a second here. I got something to say about this guy. Um, Cassius Marsh, uh, former New England Patriot, San Francisco 49er, Seattle Seahawk. I don't know. Who cares? Guy's crap. Um, came out and said this week was the, actually the number one topic on Pro Football Talk and ESPN. Um, Cassius Marsh, quote unquote, when talking about the New England Patriots and his time there on this Tom Segura's podcast, which if you haven't listened to that, is really funny. He's a hilarious comedian. Um, this, however, is not funny. Uh, the Patriot way is extremely impressive, Marsh said. They work day in and day out. Their work ethic over there, what they instill is pretty legendary, but they also treat players like crap. You don't have a lunch period. You get there and you have to make time in between meetings. They're like five to ten minute periods where I literally go scope, scoop food and put it in a cup and crush it real quick before I go to the next meeting. There's no fun. There's uh, there's no, well, that is what I got in trouble for, for saying they don't have fun. Uh, a lot of players like thanked me for making it public on how they how bad they treat guys. I mean, they win games, so you really just, you, you just really can't argue with the championships, Marsh said. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so listen, this isn't a Patriots foot podcast. If it was, I'd make another one, and I probably will. So, um, but here's the thing: why should I care about this guy? Why should I care about what he said? Well, Other than he said it on a on a some some forum that a hundred thousand 
people listen to. Some of them live in their basement. Other people don't like New England Patriots. Why should I care about Cassius Marsh? I mean, I, yeah, you, you, <laughs> I mean, when you, you know, I, you know, when you asked me who he was, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> well, because what he has to say is, I, I'm sure he's being honest, and I'm sure that what he describes as the culture there is accurate. But you know, it, it's, you know, I, I feel like it's just such a ridiculous take on it. Um, you know, you're there to work hard. The the Patriots, you know, you really. There's, so there's two sides to the Patriots' success during those 20 years with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is only half of that. The other half is the culture of working hard all the time and always being as prepared, as ready to fight whatever fight they have to to win to get the to get the W. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, not everybody's going to fit in there and we saw that year in and year out with uh with the way some players cycled through the Patriot system, but uh, you know, not every team's going to do it the same and if you think that having fun on on your your weekdays is more important than the fun that is winning the game all the way to a championship, uh, then you're probably in the wrong business. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. And here's the thing: a separate uh, interview shortly afterwards. Dion Branch, right, longtime Patriot, also played for Seattle, came out and said this guy went to UCLA. You know, was probably used to partying, doing his thing, having fun on the weekdays. But when it was time to get serious, like, uh, probably wasn't for him. And like you just said, like, if that's not for you <laughs> and you don't like winning, well, I'm sorry. Like, it ain't going to be fun for you. And there's a there's a famous story about after um, the Patriots lost to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl where Julian Edelman came up on a, um, on a whiteboard and wrote, uh, winning is fun, right? Right. Of course it is. And, and it is. But if, you know, everything in between it, Listen, dude, you're getting paid hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to go out and play a game where football gets touched by like one guy every two seconds, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I don't have sympathy for this guy. And the one thing I really don't like out of all this, and this is just me being a Patriots fan, but also understanding sort of the, the culture around the whole media crisis that's going on right now, the Patriots with Dante Hightower on Instagram and Stephon Gilmore and Nikhil Harry, like, okay, so this came at a really bad time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it was not great that a lot of people shared it and commented on it on all these websites. It just shows you how polarizing this team's being right now. And I, they've never had this sort of negative spotlight before, other than maybe like, you know, obviously the, the um, cheating scandals, which are what they are, but not like this. No, this, those and, were self-inflicted. This is a whole nother story, you know. Well, and I think so. it comes back to what I was talking about with the other half. The other half's not there anymore. I feel like that culture really works when right. the rest of the team can look at their quarterback and say, you know, he's putting in this much work. I've got to. I've got to be that good too. I've got to be that dedicated too. And without somebody like that leading the team. Uh, it's easier for these, you know, NFL egos to, uh, you know, make waves. Yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> especially guys who play nine games in one season. Right. <laughs> and somehow have the, the pulse of the whole culture underneath their thumb. You know, so, yeah, I, I, you know, and, and, and I'm sure these the meetings aren't fun. I'm sure Belichick is so entertaining, you know, with the new players, you know. <laughs> and and at the end of the day, like, you know, they, they developed a way, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote Patriot way, which is probably my, like, least favorite term of anything in football, you know. <laughs> um, I just, you know, it's not, yeah, it's just a culture, okay. It's the culture that Belichick has. And really, if you want to talk about the Patriot way, you could you could really attribute it to Tom Brady being the best of all time and him setting a standard for excellence all the time, like you said. No, you know? that's a big so, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, don't care about Cassius Marks. Little concerned about some of the things that are going on in New England as far as like media circus is concerned. Um, wouldn't be surprised if some of this stuff has an impact on the season. I'm not sure to what degree, but if you got guys who are all over social media, like Dante Hightower and Stefan Gilmore, um, Keel Harry, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't really thrill me, you know, and I'm curious how that's going to impact the chemistry and sort of like the culture the team's had for 20 plus years, you know? So anywho, uh, let's move from this loser <laughs> to the, <laughs> to the best, the, the winner, the most handsome, the, uh, most accomplished, Avocado eating, one legged. That's right, I said one legged quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. <laughs> um, what did you think about this story that came out? It said he played the entire season, including the Super Bowl, with a torn MCL last year. Well, I mean, again, we're we're in this uh, time of year where we need stories and we need intrigue. Um, I, I'm sure that it's accurate to a point, um, but you know it must not have been that bad of a tear. You know what I'm saying? Because um, mm. he, he still played the game really well all season, obviously. Um, you know, you, you can't be a, a, a scrub and go win a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, I, I would like to know more. Is it a complete tear or just a partial tear? How partial of a tear is it? Um, obviously, he, he did get surgery to... Uh, to, to make it, you know, better going into this season, he hopes, uh, <laughs> you know, Buccaneers fans really, really hope, but, um, you know, it's, I, I feel like with, uh, this time of year, little stories like this are going to be, uh, sensationalized just a bit. So I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not impressive. It's impressive, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking it cannot be, as bad as as the headlines make it sound. Well, so let me ask you this: like, uh, <laughs> how am I going to phrase this? What what kind of punishment will the New England Patriots get for this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, let's take. Is it a first round pick? Are we talking one hundred fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, it, the only reason I ask that is because like you have to report injuries on the injury report and like the severity of them and. He's doubtful and questionable. That that's like part of NFL protocol, right? Uh, so how did this one squeak through? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I had I hadn't thought of that um, <laughs> because again, like uh, you know, they won the Super Bowl, so uh, you know, it, it's almost like you kind of. I, I feel like it would be immoral 
to uh, to take that route of, of uh, you know, trying to say that the Patriots tried to pull a fast one when it literally could not have worked out better for the Buccaneers. <laughs> so um, is this suspendable? This is like a suspendable offense, not not communicating his injury and the severity to it, of it to the NFL. Suspending Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, he didn't tell him about the phone. <laughs> <laughs> they de- supposedly deflated a football that didn't happen. So, how is this any? You know, I mean, this does this. Uh, how could you compare it to that? Right. I know it's apples and oranges, but you know, like, is this not egregious as well? God, I sound like such a bitter Patriots I mean, fan right now. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> you know? You know, is there any way to prove that Tom Brady had a torn MCL the entire season? No, I've got the x-ray right behind me. Uh, put it up on Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, just joking. Uh, well, where am I? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, it, so it, it, let me, let me, let's put it like this. So here's Brady's quote. It was an injury I dealt with really since April, May. Brady said, I knew I had to do something at the end of the 2020 season and happy I did it. It was probably something that certainly needed to be done, and there was a great outcome, so I'm very happy about that. I feel I'll be able to do some different things this year than I was able to do last year. So, hey, he's going to tear you up again, so look out. But, um, you know, more importantly, I, I think I'm, I'm just curious. Like, you know, it, it, it's just the way they treat Brady, the NFL. I mean, Goodell, not even the NFL. It's just Goodell, you know? Right. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's probably nothing, you know, but uh, – I'm just curious if there's any, do you think there's any sort of uh, repercussions here like findable offense draft pick suspension I I, I really doubt it I I don't think okay. that this is gonna develop into anything like that if it does uh, that will be some great discussion because that would be big news um, right but like I said I I really don't think that it's uh, you know any kind of drama because you know he had a great season. Unfortunately, they did. Very good season <laughs> at that. Um, okay. So, um, all right. Well, Trevor, do you have any ether left over from Adam Rank? For Adam Rank? Ooh, yeah. So, um, okay. let's get into this. Going right back okay. to these Adam Rank rankings that, <laughs> that, that, that stank. <laughs> <laughs> the Adam stankings. That's yes. what you did there. I like it. Um, you know, so... This nerd, you know, let's just call him what he is. <laughs> this this nerd from NFL Network put out these terrible position rankings on his Instagram. I think they might even broadcast them on their terrible shows. I mean, they've they've just really gone downhill. I don't know if anybody's watched the NFL Network in the last five years. Um, Good Morning Football is just just despicable. Everybody's screaming at six a.m. in the morning. You know, it's like. Golly, man! I mean, we're still trying to recover from football the day before. Some some people have hangovers. <laughs> I eat like fifteen thousand chips. You know, I'm I'm just dehydrated as all hell. You know. Um, so anyway, um, so th- yeah, um, we decided dissected his wide receiver r- rankings last week, and then kind of went into our own, and then just sort of previewed. Um, the wide receiver fantasy football rankings last week, um, sort of out of nowhere. Uh, we're going to do the same thing with the tight end rankings and try not to be so uh, dismissive of our friend Adam Rank there. Um, you know, I'm sure he loves us. Um, what did you think of these? Let's start off with that. 
Well, let's let's just jump into his top five list. Yeah. Um, ju- just let's like his wide receiver list, there are some that make sense, and then there are some that just uh, defy all logic. And uh, <laughs> right off the back, right off the bat, number five, uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Now, I I'm a fan of T.J. Hawkinson when he was drafted. I think he's got enormous potential and ability. Um, and, and, but these are fantasy football rankings, and uh, he plays for Detroit. Okay, mm. um, this this guy. I mean, depending on how big your fantasy football league is, Hawkinson might not be on a roster. Okay, because he he's yeah. The, the the team is sad. Um, sorry, Detroit fans, but uh, this this is brutal honesty. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson isn't even he's not even going to be a top fifteen tight end when it comes to his <laughs> wow. fantasy football stats. Okay. Wow. Uh, scorching take there. I'm sorry. Scorching. And, and like I'll say it again, this is not a burn on the player. It's you know fantasy football is not just about the 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 player's potential and ability. It's about who they play with, who they play for, and who they play against. And T.J. Hawkinson, the the numbers are not going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing: Jared Goff, right? Has he ever been a productive tight end thrower? If that makes any sense. Absolutely it, not. It, can he throw the ball more than five yards? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. Um, so there it is. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, we'll 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 do a a deep dive on his 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 noodle arm, but you know, it's uh, it's not anything. I, I, I yeah, T.J. Hawkinson. No, I, I have to agree with you. I don't see him as a top five fantasy fantasy tight end this year, not at all. Who we got at number four? So number four, number four, I really like, and I mean, I, okay. I liked him all the way back when he was in college, uh, Boomer Sooner. Uh, and that's Mark oh, Andrews. Yeah, that's right, baby. Mark Andrews <laughs> uh, for the Ravens. Um, he he's you know he's got the skills. He's reliable. Um, he's playing on an offense that, even though they're not prolific through the air, really get a lot of use out of this guy. Um, that you know he was great in fantasy football last year. He's going to be great in fantasy football this year. So. And, and I think he probably fits right in at number four. I'm not trying to tell you he's the best in the league, but uh, I think he does belong in the top five. So that's one of these that makes a lot of sense to me. And you think that they're going to open up a little bit more for him this year? Um, I mean, when when you're a team like the Ravens and trying to take that next step, I think you do need to lean in to the things that are working. And right mm-hmm. now, Mark Andrews is working. He's, he's a chain mover, and he... he you know, he's good for, uh, you know, a touchdown almost every week. So, uh, you know, and he was ranked number four yeah. as the fourth best t- fantasy tight end last year at 120, 112.1 points. That's un- not PPR, by the way. Average about eight, eight points a game. Um, yeah, I could see that. Okay, I'm fine with that. All right, Adam. All right, Adam, you got one. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Um, George Kittle at number three. George really Kittle, I, I like this yeah. one too. George Kittle, um, I, I feel like he's got, you know, for for being really great, um, he's got a high ceiling and a low floor, uh, and that has a lot to do with the success of that team, the the Forty Nineers, because um, when they're going, he's 
a huge part of what makes it work. And he's one of these tight ends. He's not just uh, a safety in, in moving the chains. Um, and he's, he's not just a good red zone threat. He truly can stretch the field and it's not going to happen every week, but every so often he's going to rip off, you know, a 60 yard touchdown. Um, so I, I do like this pick in the top five. And you believe he'll come back healthy this year? So I, I think he will because I think he's uh, an extremely dedicated athlete. I, I think he's got an amazing work ethic and a really amazing attitude for the game. Um, any, anybody that, that's you know seen him, uh, I think they know what I'm talking about. Just the guy's uh, a fanatic when it comes to being good at what he does and and enjoying it. Um, so maybe he wouldn't do so well with the Patriots. Hey, uh, <laughs> ouch, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think that it's a really great pick, but there is potential for him to, I don't want to say slide out of the top five, but maybe, uh, not be top three just because it's a really tough division. And, uh, it, he plays on a team that the offense really does go through the, the running, uh, the run game. And it, it kind of depends on, how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be doing and uh, uh, whoever they drafted, I can't think of him, but you know, the, the tight end position is dependent on the quarterback, like any wide receiver. Um, So, you know, that's, that's gotta be a consideration, but I really do think he's a safe pick. He's obviously going to be rostered in any fantasy football league. Yeah. I mean, a tight end university. Right? Didn't right. he start that? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think the guy is hilarious. You know, I think he's a great player too. And we'll kind of get to like some of like our overall rankings. I think there's that's probably worth like touching based on like, do we really think these guys are just studs outside the, the fantasy realm? Or are they just kind of guys that rack up points? That's that's who I could say the next guy is, Darren Waller. So Pretty- I I agree there, and. I might be a little controversial when it comes to Darren Waller because I certainly don't have him up at number two. Um, I'm not going to argue too much about him being in the top five, but personally, I don't think I'd have him in my top five. Um, he's definitely a, a chain mover. His, his fantasy status is is dependent on volume, which he gets a lot of because he plays for the Raiders. Um, but also exactly, but that's also why <laughs> he's not going to be racking up the touchdowns because he plays for the Raiders. Um, right. So, right. you know, I think he's a lot more reliable in PPR leagues because he's going to be getting a lot of catches um, and, and he's going to be putting together some, you know, some really good uh, yards totals. But uh, I think number two is definitely too high for that ranking. Well, you know, and here's the thing about Darren Waller, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. 107 catches, 1,196 yards, nine touchdowns. I mean, on the surface, that seems great. Here's the thing, right? Most of his yards came from uh, a 13-catch, 200-yard game, two touchdowns against the Jets, nine for a buck 50 against the Chargers, one touchdown, five for a buck 12 against Miami, no touchdowns, uh, nine for a buck 17, one touchdown last game of the season against Denver. Those are his big games. So if you count them up, that's 350, what, 412, you know, about 500 yards in four games with four touchdowns? 
Right. Okay. So so like, yeah. Um, uh, okay. He looks great. Uh, but does he show up against Tampa Bay? Nope. Six for for fifty. Show up against Cleveland? Nope. Five for twenty-seven. Okay. Let's see. Kansas City seven for eighty-eight and a touchdown. Not bad numbers. Okay. Um, Atlanta worst defense in the NFL last year next to to Dallas four hmm. for twenty-three. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Indianapolis seven for seventy-five. Second best defense in the NFL. Um, uh, New England, two for nine. Two, uh, do you know who played linebacker for the Northern Patriots last year that could have that could have covered him? Can you name anybody? <laughs> uh, seriously. So it's not it's it's not that he's not like a good player. I just well, don't think he's like consistent enough week to week to be sort of like this guy who you can count on for. For 10, right. or, for 10 or 11 points in, in a fantasy well, perspective. That's what I mean when I say, you know, he plays for the Raiders. This is a, a team, you know, they, they have potential, but they play a tough division, and they are really lacking any sort of offensive identity. Um, you look right. at that team, and you can't be like, well, here's what their bread and butter is. They don't have bread and butter. Um, they have a great tight end, but he's not going to be a reliable fantasy option. And at the end of the season, he may still be in the top five with, uh, with uh, you know, his totals. But he's he's going to be that sort of tight end that, you know, two or three times a year, he's going to just uh, let your team absolutely dominate because he showed up for you. But um, the consistency to get your fantasy team into the playoffs and carry you through to a championship, he's uh, he's not top five tight end. Okay. Well, guess who is top five? I think we can both agree on this one at number one. Uh, so Adam Rank, thank you for pointing out the obvious. He's been there for several years. Travis Kelsey. That's right. Um, and, I mean, I mean, at least I'll give Adam Rank this much. He knows that... You, there's just really no other choice right now in terms of who the number one fantasy tight tight end is, and that's Travis Kels. There's just no arguing with it. Um, whether or not you think he's the best uh, from an individual player perspective, uh, he's still definitely in that conversation, even if you were to pick somebody else. But in terms of fantasy reliability uh, week to week and with season totals, um, He's the safest bet in the league, hands down. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's funny. Uh, I'd be well. Let me ask you this: Is this so? Looking at his stats last year, right? 105 catches, 1400 yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, that's like first round selection status. Is he worth a first round pick? So I, I think that depends on on the size of your league, and and how the first round shakes out because. You know, if you're drafting last in a 12-team league, and you just don't like what's left with the with the elite running backs and wide receivers that have that have t- gone in the first 11 picks, um, or or even in the first you know eight or nine picks, I think Travis Kels could be a great one to snatch up. Um, especially with the way these fantasy drafts go, where you'll be drafting really early in the second round. Um, I, I don't think it's ridiculous for somebody like Kels to go first round. Yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing, right? So if we're, we're previewing 2021, right? Travis Kelsey, 31 years old, three, four years in a row, has played deep into the playoffs. Like, 
does this guy experience a like a slowdown season or kind of a drop off? Or is he what do you, what do you think about Travis Kelsey and his ability to well, stay consistently good here? Let me just say I just noticed I've been calling him Kels old bad habit. Yeah, well, I, Kelsey, I, I'm I'm not some jabroni who's pretending to know who this guy is. I've just always said his name wrong. Um, okay. But uh, no, I, I think that this is something that absolutely works, uh, has been working for a team that's trying to make its third straight Super Bowl. Um, I don't see, I mean, it, it's certainly possible that he doesn't top what he did last year. But it's hard to imagine that he falls that much short of what he did last year or the year before that. So um, I, I guess my answer is I don't see a significant drop off. But do you see a drop off? I mean, I, I really wouldn't expect one. Um, hmm. You know, I, I think that this team, one of the things that makes the Chiefs so great is that they they score big and there's plenty uh there's plenty to go around for guys like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill um so uh you know uh I'm blanking on their backfield um yeah uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire thank you Uh, Edwards Hilaire Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that there's plenty to go around because they're going to score 35, 40 points a game. Um, so I, I think, and, and I mean, Kelsey, uh, he's going to eat, you know? So, <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. All right. Well, this podcast, so <laughs> no. hey. uh, there's the, he's got to eat phrase. Oh boy. There it is. Okay. Um, no, I, yeah, I, Travis Kelsey, um, I mean, amazing, right. None, nonetheless. And, probably more dominant than Gronk in his prime, arguably. Don't know about the same blocker. I mean, that's a whole other story. I don't think the guy blocks very much. I, I could be wrong. I don't know his PFF grade on his on his blocking, but um, well, let me ask you this. Okay, so if we think we can both agree. If you look at, like, talent standpoint, probably what? George Kittle, number one, Kelsey, number two, or 1A, 1B, right? Right. Uh, depending on your metrics in terms of what you want from a tight end, right? Okay, so if we say those guys are top two, and you look down the rest of the, the rankings, right? Like, how big of a dif- of a difference is the are those two guys from the rest of the pack? I mean, I think it's pretty huge, and uh, you know, honestly, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound a little crazy here because we haven't seen him in the NFL yet. But if we're just talking individual player with metrics, pure purely the individual talent and ability potential. Um, I'm going number three, Kyle Pitts. Wow. Um, There's a take. Here, you, you, heard it, you heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> um, and honestly, it, it might be rolling the dice a bit, but when it comes to fantasy, I'm putting Kyle Pitts in my top five um, because of how much there is, uh, you know, how much, uh, you know, how much there'll be to – to go around that offense now that uh, Julio Jones is gone. Um, and mm. you've got a uh, you know, somewhat reliable quarterback there, at least when he's, when he's having a good year. He has a great year uh, in terms of fantasy points. I uh, won't, won't say that they're uh, good in the big games. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. wow. but I think Kyle Pitts is going to get lots of volume. I think they're going to use him to stretch the field. Um, you, you could see him 
uh, uh, you know, comparable to what I said about George Kittle, where, you know, you're not going to be surprised. It's not going to happen every game, but you're not going to be surprised if Kyle Pitts rips off a 60, 70 yard touchdown because of the ability that he has. Um, Hmm. And because he's got someone that can throw the ball. So uh, Kyle Pitts, rookie, is going to make a big deal this year. Okay. How about uh, just looking at it as like a preview? So you agree that those top two are big. The difference between those two and the rest of the guys in the, on the, in the tight end rankings is pretty significant. Uh, well, not significant, but it kind of maybe isn't as big as we thought because Kyle Pitts has kind of got to close the gap, and Darren Waller's still a decent pick. Mark Andrews still a good option. TJ Hawkinson might be okay. Uh, how about this guy, uh, Robert Tanyan? Do we expect him to, to catch another 11 touchdowns? So that's the, there's less reliability there. Um, I think Tanyan is uh, you know a really great tight end, and he's gonna have uh, you know he's gonna be worth having rostered in fantasy leagues. Um, this is another player you'll, you'll hear me say this way too much. Um, he's got a really high ceiling. You know, it, you mm. know nobody should be surprised if he has a bigger year this year than he did last year. But there's really no guarantees, and of course, the uh, you know the controversy continues as to whether or not uh, uh, he's going to be you know uh, catching touchdowns from a, a first-time starter or from a you know multiple uh, MVP quarterback. So, prima donna, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, but I think you under- I think I think everybody knows yeah. what I'm talking about here. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with what the identity of the Green Bay Packers offense is going to be like even now. Um, even if you were to find out today what their situation is going forward with Aaron Rodgers definitively, um, you'd have some concerns about what it's going to be like. Um, but I think that with what's in place in Green Bay, there isn't a situation where Tanyan isn't a significant part of the offense and uh, and really, when we're when we're talking about fantasy tight ends, uh, in my opinion, that's what we're looking for is somebody that is going to be uh, reliable week to week and not get you mm-hmm. performances of you know less than three points. Um, and yeah. I I think right. Tanyan is going to be good for you know uh, you know five six points at least a, a week, but possibly much much more than that. Um, so, you know, if you miss the rush on these, uh, elite tight ends and, and Tanyan's still out there, you snatch him up. Well, how about a guy like Mike Gusecki, tight end from Miami, um, has gotten better every year. He's been in the NFL three years. Second, according to, uh, fantasypros.com, second best strength of schedule as far as tight ends is concerned. Um, I like him a lot. I, if you listen to the original fantasy guys podcast my couple fantasy guys uh, i'm gonna go back here a couple years i actually called this one out that he was gonna get better every Absolutely. year and that I, you I should if you're in a if you're in a dynasty league you should pick him up and i said that three years ago and now, <laughs> and I, now I, I believe i am probably one of the only people to call this one i would have no, to say so i, mean, I, I yeah. certainly uh didn't uh you know double down on it when you said it um, yes, but uh, but you're right. And uh, Gasecki, um, you know, as long as we're doing rankings, I would definitely take Gasecki uh, mm-hmm. before Tanyan. 
um, mm. because they've got a lot more figured out on that roster right now. Um, Miami. Exactly. And a, and a, a strength of schedule that's really, really favorable. And like you said, he's getting better every year. Um, he could really surprise us this year and, and take a big leap forward. Um, how about a guy like Irv Smith Jr.? He's 22, uh, been in the league his third year, uh, scored five t- touchdowns last year for Minnesota, no Kyle Rudolph, so that, uh, I, Adam Thielen, my, I don't know where he's at. Right. You so know. that might be the biggest uh, uh, thing in favor of, of Irv Smith Jr. is Kyle Rudolph isn't there anymore. And I'm not trying to convince you that Kyle Rudolph was uh, a great fantasy tight end uh, the last couple seasons, like he was you know, a few more seasons before that. But it what it means is that there is a clear uh, tight end red zone option now, and it's no longer the old reliable, uh, you know, Rudolph the red zone reindeer <laughs> had, had, had to do it. Um, All right. <laughs> <the podcast. laughs> Just end it now. <laughs> but I, but that that's why I think uh, Irv Smith Jr., you know, it'll, it's less reliable than some of the guys that we've been talking about now because we just haven't seen it yet. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the offense certainly, uh, you know, a big part of it runs through um, uh, Dalvin Cook. And then you've got some really talented uh, wide receivers that are, that are great in the red zone. Um, Adam Thielen is, is dangerous in those uh, short field situations. But uh, Irv Smith Jr. could definitely have a a big leap this year, and uh, and I think I read somewhere that that he you know any good NFL player believes in themselves, but I think he's on record now saying that this is going to be a breakout year for him. Um, mm. So if you're uh, if you're optimistic and you're looking for a tight end, you, you can't get uh, Kittle or Kelsey uh, or or any of these other elite guys. Um, there's a lot of upside to a guy like Irv Smith Jr. Okay, uh, let's go over the two New England guys here that got that yes. picked up. John U. Smith, and, yeah, right. This is the one I want to hear. John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, uh, both rated as having uh, easiest schedule for any tight end in the league coming up. Uh, and in fact, they're ranked in tier four on FantasyPros.com, but they can be moved up to tier two depending on the, their schedule strength. So, do you think a they're worth a draft pick either of these guys? Or B, they're uh, or, or and or B, um, they're even worth it at all. Or what kind of production can we expect from these guys splitting reps? Or maybe be on the field at the so same time. Who knows? That's the big question: is that these yeah. guys both play for the same team, and so I feel like you have a a stash them situation. I feel like if you draft one, you better hope to draft the other, and then and then hope that one of them becomes the standout. Um, there's always a chance that it remains a balanced offense and you can't start them both. Um, I, I, you know, going into the season, I give a slight edge in my opinion to Hunter Henry. Um, I don't have a lot to back that up. He's just the tight end that I like more. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll be real interesting to see which of these guys, if either, uh, really dominates, uh, red zone targets and, uh, the fantasy points. Hmm. Okay. Interesting take there. Okay. So we're ri- winding down here. Let's keep, try to touch base on a couple other ones. This is going to be a deep dive. So if you don't have the the the, <laughs> the, uh, the bleachers speak on this one, Trev, it's okay. 
Uh, but I do want to ask about, and I'm sorry, I just lost his name. It was right underneath my little cursor <laughs> here. Uh, I know, right? So this is what happened. You know, you're busy ho- posting podcasts. You know, if you think you can do it out there, not that easy. Uh, <laughs> um, I, Will Disley from Seattle. Um, they say he's like tier six, so he's probably like undrafted. He's got a really hard strength schedule, but he came out really hot last year. Um, and they got Gerald Everett too. Do you think either of those guys are worth picking, like any of the drafts, possibly bench you know, stashers I, I think for that, Seattle? I think that these are guys that will get picked up by people that don't have a you know set it and forget it tight end. You know, if you if you've got Kelsey, you've got Kittle, one of these other guys, then you really only need to pick up a bye week tight end when the time comes. But if that's not the way your draft goes. Then it's important to you know put potential on your bench, and that's what I think a guy like Disley is. Is uh, mm. you don't know right now what kind of season the Seahawks are about to have. They've got you know big things happening with uh, with DK Metcalf, but you just don't know what kind of volume is going to be there for the tight ends. Um, so I, I mean I I like picking these guys up to to see what could be, but. Um, you know, if 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 he's your starter, then you know your team better be pretty heavy on talent in in other places. Sure, yeah, no, that's a good call. Uh, let's see, one last guy, Adam Troutman, um, a, just a second year guy from uh, Dayton that was picked. He was the the highest rated tight end last year's draft, eleventh uh, strength schedule according to FantasyPros.com. Um, yeah, no Emmanuel Sanders, no Jared Cook in New Orleans. Of course, they still got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. You, you think they'll be throwing a lot, considering New Orleans just got depleted. With they couldn't sign anybody because of the roster uh, salary cap issues. Uh, I mean, is there any sort of scenario you see him finishing in a top ten situation? Adam Troutman for New Orleans. So I, the short answer is no. I don't see him finishing okay. top ten. Um, I do think that some people could be surprised at how well he he does end up doing. Um, you might see a couple of big games from him here and there, and that's just because this is uh, an offense that I think is in a high state of flux. Um, there's, you know, obviously they, they've they've got a great uh, culture there with the with the Saints. Um, you've got, you know, dare I say, a mastermind uh, at at head coach. Uh, as much as I'm not a big fan, it's it's pretty undeniable that that he's always figuring things out. So um, that that team is going through, uh, you know, they're finding a new identity in the, the post-Drew Brees uh, era. So it's unreliable, but it's mm, it's got potential. And I don't think that they're going to try to do it without their tight ends. So uh, I think the volume will be there in terms of targets. But whether or not those equate to good average, uh, you know, week in week out points for the tight end, I can't say. Okay, um, I'm going to go on limb here and say uh, there is an outside chance. Right <laughs> now, I don't know how, what it looks like. Uh, I just think that they're going to have to throw somebody. Thomas is probably going to get hurt again. I could see him getting traded. Honestly, for some weird reason, I just think he signed that big contract. I don't think he was ever really worth it to begin with. Yeah, it, you know, he can't guard him according to his Twitter profile. However, um, you know, I think that's he's highly guardable. If we, anybody watched Tampa Bay last year play New Orleans in the playoffs? <laughs> uh, 
Um, you know, I, and that's not saying he still won't catch 100 balls. I mean, dude, catch all the balls you want. I mean, it just matters if you catch him in January or not, you know. So, right. um, yeah, I, I I think there's an outside chance. So um, there's, uh, there's one name yeah. I want to throw out before yeah, we move on ahead. from tight ends. Right. Um, and I just think he's an interesting player in an interesting situation right now, and that's Noah Fant for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was he had a lot of high expectations on this guy when uh, when he was drafted two years ago. Um, he made a big leap, uh, you know, between year one and year two uh, in terms of his uh, you know his route running, uh, uh, you know. You know, catching the ball and, and getting yards after contact, which is what they were, you know, that's that's the, the prototype uh, tight end that he is. And now, you know, Denver has a chance to really improve uh, the reliability of their play under center, even with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who's not going to take them to any Super Bowls, as much as I, you guys know I love Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of getting production out of Noah Fant, this could be a this could be an underrated development for the for for him and for the Broncos. So hmm. I would keep an eye on Noah Fant, and then the sky's the limit if you believe some of the rumors about uh, whether or not the Broncos could get somebody like Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers. Even though that's looking less and less the case as we get closer to preseason. But I still think that Noah Fant's going to be even better in his third year with somebody like Bridgewater. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I mean, Noah Fant's uh, you know ranked as high as the number fifth tight end, and like who knows, he has a huge year and catches a bunch of balls and goes for over a thousand yards. You know, <laughs> right? He's twenty three. He's twenty three years old, and the way I look at it is with tight ends, like especially if they're picked high, I feel like it does take a year or two for them to develop. Like their third year, like I talked about receivers, like third year receiver like that's your prime you know right like that's when you've got the you're on, you're on the same team for three years you've got the playbook down you've gotten some sense of who what kind of role you're gonna have in the offense like no fan like he's strictly a receiver like at the tight end position he doesn't block too much um yeah uh, i mean <laughs> i think it's a good pick and like honestly a guy that like you could probably get like pretty far down what do you think 87th he's ranked Overall, so that what in like the not tenth or eleventh round you could probably get him, right. and he could probably like absolutely crush it. Like, and he's got the fourth the strength schedule is fourth. I mean, he's easiest fourth easiest schedule in the NFL this season, well, and, um, according and to projections. Yeah, this like, is where it's yeah. helpful to know a little bit about what the other guys in your league or gals in your league uh, sure. are thinking about yeah. these tight ends because if nobody else uh, really has their eye on Hunter Henry. Um, you know, you could prioritize other positions and maybe get Hunter Henry as a steal and uh, right. still end up with a great uh, week in and week out tight end. Indubitably. Sorry, indubitably. sorry. Did I say Hunter Henry? No offense. We're talking uh, about no offense. No offense. <laughs> Both. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So that's our discussion on tight ends, folks. Uh, we may pick it up next week. We actually left a few people out I was hoping to talk about. So, um, but that's okay. Yeah, so, we always uh, we'll, run out of time. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, and that's okay. So, uh, <laughs> so, anywho, uh, so, uh, yeah, another f- great episode of Football in General getting wrapped up here. Trevor, where can they find you, and who are you? Yes, my name is Trevor Koppel. You can find me at TrevGeoDude at, uh, uh, on Instagram. Um, and, uh, you know, 
let us know uh, what uh, what kind of breakdowns you'd like. You know, reach out. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. And uh, I'm uh, at Bobby Law on Instagram, and of course, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Football and General Pod. Uh, hopefully, we'll be a little bit more uh, active here over the next couple months. Now that football's getting started up again, football. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know, crack some something, some sort of can over my head right now. You know, just rip open a watermelon. You know, I'm so excited. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's always fun going over all these rankings and everything. Trev, you got anything left over here to say before we jump off? No, no, another spectacular week in the books. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> the books are closed. Uh, so, sorry. Yeah, Wall Street is wrapping up for the weekend. So, um, anywho, um, appreciate it as always. Thank you for the, the views, the listens, the downloads, and everything else. And we are out. <laughs>